Some of you saying, well, how many patients are in hospital because of COVID? Those numbers you hear are because of COVID. Okay, when you hear 800 in hospital and 200 in the ICU, those are COVID-only patients. Um, There's additional patients, of course, in hospital for other reasons and in ICU for other reasons. But those numbers that are reported by the province every day, those are COVID numbers. So we have over 200 COVID patients in the ICU right now on top of other ICU patients. That's the most we've seen at any point in this pandemic. Uh, It's now more than a year and a half we've been going through this, and it has never been worse in Alberta's ICUs than it is this morning. Um, Currently, we have a total of about 256 ICU patients in a system that was originally uh, built to sustain 175. So we're at 150% of our usual capacity. Uh, Almost 90% of this crisis capacity, where 137 beds have been added, Um, At a huge cost, as you know, the elective surgeries cancelled by the thousands, cancer patients, cardiac patients, you name it, surgeries have had to be cancelled so that staff can be shuffled off to handle patients in the ICU. And now we're getting to the point where we're talking about airlifting patients and the dreaded triage protocol. So let's walk through that. Um, We may get there. just based on the trajectory. So uh, joining us to give us some insight on where we are and where we might go, we have Dr. Paul Parks, who is the president of emergency medicine for the Alberta Medical Association. Dr. Parks, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks for, very much for having me. So these extreme measures, airlifting patients out of province uh, and then beyond that, implementing the triage protocol, um, how far away are we from that taking those kinds of steps? You know, first of all, well, let's back up. Uh, let's Let's define the triage protocol we've all heard about it but exactly what does that mean what will doctors be asked to do yeah well so obviously from my expertise uh, in emergency medicine we triage every day triage is just the french word for to sort but really what that means is when anybody comes to emerge we always look for the sickest and always see the sickest first it's not a first come first serve kind of thing so Triage is very regular and happens all the time. But now what we're talking about here specifically is a a protocol that's been created by AHS leads to guide us and give us kind of um, prospective, just and fair ways to make decisions if we come to the, the point where our resources are overwhelmed and we don't have enough critical care spaces or critical care staff to take care of all the patients that need it then we have to make decisions as to uh, what's, what's the, uh, the, you know, the most reasonable person who, who, who should get those resources if, if many people need it and we have limited resources. And just to put it in the most simplest terms for everybody out there listening, it might very well come down to we only have one ventilator left and you know, does the 38-year-old get it or the 59-year-old and then having to take in all the factors of what what their illnesses are like and 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 uh, what their chances of surviving are. Um, now we've heard about it before in other waves. Uh, it was talked about, and I know that doctors were briefed on it and and told to be ready uh, to implement it. Now we've always been told that it has to be implemented when we get to the ninety percent ICU capacity range. Right now, with the expanded ICU, I believe we're at about eighty seven. 88%. So how close are we to seeing airlifting patients out or implementing the triage protocol? How much farther can we go here? Well, I should start by saying not not a single healthcare professional out there wants us to of get course, to that of course. point. Uh, so, and predicting where how, how close we are. Uh, let me just 
put it bluntly, that we're close enough that now all of the emerge physicians, critical care physicians, and ICU physicians who be making those decisions are are thinking about it and discussing it and are concerned that it may happen. And we're close enough that AHS is even saying we, we don't ever want to get there either, but we should familiarize ourselves with the protocol because there there is a chance it could occur. So we're getting into that neighborhood. This is a difficult one, um, especially after talking to Dr. Chowdhury and saying we don't care if you're vaccinated or not, that's not our choice. When you talk about triage protocol and... Um, chances of survival we know vaccination can improve your chances of survival is that going to be a consideration if you do get the triage protocol uh well first i would absolutely echo that that that's absolutely true in the sense of that when you know in the emerge we don't judge and and in the in the icu and the critical care in the hospitals we we take everybody at face value and treat everybody uh but that that's when we have all the resources and and everything we have normally uh, but when they become overwhelmed and we enter into what is literally a disaster mode and we have to make those decisions, then then there are a number of factors that will go into deciding um, uh, who, who, how, how to divvy up those resources is the, the simplest way. And, and that's why they're on paper and that's why they're in the protocol, because things like, uh, you know, someone's sex or race or, or things that they can't uh, change uh, don't ever factor into those decisions. But ultimately, what does factor into it is is trying to do our best gauge of who will benefit the most from that precious resource, if that's all we have left. And in our protocol right now, uh, the vaccine status is not addressed in it. Um, it's not clearly in there, and it's not one of the factors, uh, but there are a lot of people wondering if maybe that that is something that should be reconsidered for the very fact of not judging why did right. you get the vaccine or why didn't you but because having the vaccine will will make your chances of survival on that bent much 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 greater exactly yeah um as i said so what is the steps from here you continue to do what you can in the icus that you have is the next step um airlifting to manitoba or bc is is that does that happen before we get to the triage protocol what's the process here Absolutely. So the, the protocol there would be, it's, it's always, it's implemented at the highest level of AHS, so through the CEO. So uh, thankfully that decision isn't made by us in the front lines in the yeah. Emerge or ICU. But the first steps, I think that the two pieces we would do, continue expanding our capacity as much as we can. And I have to tell everybody out there that we're not trying to be a fear monger here. People are working crazy hard. We're adding staff, we're adding beds, but uh, ultimately, staff is going to be our limiting resource, uh, the number of people who can physically take care of people, the number of nurses. So then the next step would be, yes, could we send people to other provinces or to the states below us? But but one of the worries we, we all worry about is, like, look at Saskatchewan, our neighbor next door. They're, they're, they're in trouble and difficulties similar to us. BC is mm-hmm. getting there. Could they take our patients? We don't know, right? So, But, yes, we would explore all those options absolutely first. All right, uh, Dr. Parks, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it and giving us a little clarity about where we are and uh, where we may be headed. Thanks very much. And if I could put a plug quick, if everybody out there could get vaccinated, that would help us uh, avoid these kind of discussions and this difficult choice. Yeah, immensely. Okay, thanks so much, Dr. Parks. Appreciate it. Thanks, son. That is Dr. Paul Parks, who is the president of emergency medicine for the Alberta Medical Association.